Well, you have. You're now tuned in to Marcus Rays. You just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darnetta has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's up, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going good on your side of the galaxy because there's only sadness out here on the Outer Rim. Think about it. There's only one more episode of Andor left, and then we will have to wait till 2024 to get the second season. And that's so sad. For a show that I wasn't even that excited to watch, it has became one of my favorites. And now looking back at the season as a whole, I think that Tony is brilliant. Most of the other series just hit you with Star Wars right out the gate. Then they had to do something really big to captivate the audience. Bring Luke in, you know, Ahsoka, something like that. Tony just let the buildup of Star Wars be the big thing. There wasn't a lot of aliens or droids in the show. Shoot, there wasn't even much of Star Wars in the show, which allowed the story to shine. And with an alien here and a droid there, it was just enough to keep us watching. And then episode 11 came along and he busted out with aliens and space battles, he allowed Star Wars to be the ringer, and it made me feel like a kid again. And now I can't wait to see episode 12. But at the same time, I'm like, that's it for season one. Now we're gonna have to wait till 2024 to watch season two. But I am hoping that Disney and Lucasfilms will see how much the fans are enjoying Andor and decide to release it next year. But then at the same time, I know that there's only two seasons. So do I really want it to come out next year? Because once it's over, it's done for good. So I'm on the fence about the whole situation. I really don't know what I want. Hey, that'll be a good way for you guys to get in on the giveaway. Shoot me a message and tell me how you guys feel about it. Oh, I am trying to set up a chat function on the website, somewhere that all the fans can go and talk. But there's like a million different plugins and I'm trying to find one that will serve the purpose, but it's just one of those difficult things. So if it makes it any easier, you can just shoot me an email or go to the website and leave me a message on the contact page. Either way works for me. Both will get you included in the giveaway that we will be doing in like a month. It will be in between part 27 and 28. So you need to start getting those messages in now if you want to have a chance to win. Okay, so now what do we got for news this week? A Star Wars musical just got its start at the V Theater. Tom and Michael D'Angora are offering a Broadway hit musical about Star Wars. And they just began performing at the V Theater on November 19th. The V Theater is located at the Miracle Mile Shop in Planet Hollywood. Now, whether you love or hate the Star Wars franchise, doesn't matter. You are guaranteed to laugh your asteroids off at this musical about Star Wars, because this musical is looking at the fandom, all of our nerd culture, cosplay, and of course, the biggest film franchise in history. It is a show within a show, following two moronic superfans, Scott and Taylor, as they attempt to perform their very homemade Star Wars musical. They are hoping that they can catch the eye of a Comic-Con presenter. However, there's dark forces that are looming over the production, and her name is Emily, a local actress of questionable talent who has a lot to say about boys whipping out their lightsabers. And I hope that they are meaning some real lightsabers and not something else. But I think that it is cool that they are looking at the nerdism of all of us fans. And from what I hear, it's a really good show. Now let's keep it moving right to the fun fact. And I bet you didn't know this. The theatrical release of the original Star Wars trilogy, the character Jabba the Hutt was originally played by an Irish man named Declan Mulholland. According to George Lucas, he wanted the character Jabba the Hutt to appear more alien-like, but the available technology at the time greatly limited the special effects. After the Irish version's theatrical run, Lucasfilms reintroduced Jabba the Hutt in all of his slimy glory, the way George Lucas always envisioned him to be. 
This version of the character became one of the most famous in Star Wars. So instead of a flat, slimy, slug-looking thing, Jabba was going to be a flat, slimy Irish dude. And I can say that I'm half Irish. And I have a cousin that could have played the real Jabba. At one point, I think he was like 800 pounds. Yeah, he was pretty bad. But now he's like 180 pounds. So you see, hard work does pay off. But anyways, let's get back to Brotherhood. Because when we left off last week, Obi-Wan had just found out something very interesting. Well, we know it's not going to start where it left off. It's going to jump to other characters because that's just how Mike wrote the story. So let's see what's happening now. Anakin Skywalker. The first 10 crates go to the neighborhood at Sector N7A1. Anakin said to the helmeted clone trooper in front of him. Then meet up with Captain Raptor at Fong Tim Square to split the remaining batch into groups for smaller distribution. Right away, General. The clone saluted, then turned to the juggernaut transport packed with more medical supplies than clones. And be careful of the sand. I've seen worse, but this still gets in the transport's gears. Anakin smirked, thinking of home. Pod racers levitated off the ground, but he'd certainly worked with a share of wheeled and treaded vehicles during his time. How the Jawas kept their sand crawler rolling, he'd never quite figured out. Langston's largest continent was mountainous, but with high winds and seasonal torrential rain. Communities sat at the base of mountains, but the weather mix also created an accumulation of blue-tinted sand, just thick enough to be annoying, yet not quite a way of life. Still, it got in the joints of his mechanical hand, even when he covered it with a tight-fitting glove. The convoy away, Anakin removed the glove and tried to blow some of the grit out of his knuckles. See? He said to no one in particular. No one believes me, but it gets everywhere. He blew again, the cool of his breath tickling the adaptive hardware that translated into a sensory feeling, then shook his arm while flexing his fingers. Little bits of sand trickled out, and Anakin could practically hear Padme laughing at him, like she had not that long ago, when they were hidden away in the Naboo countryside following their wedding. On that afternoon, they'd stood barefoot at the lake's edge. And even though Naboo's tranquil countryside proved idyllic, the grains of sand caused a squirmy feeling, a constant shifting to get comfortable. Padme noticed, of course, but because she always strove to understand others, she'd offered something that encapsulated everything about her. After a few days on Tatooine, I get why you hate sand so much. She'd said with a laugh before turning more thoughtful. We come from different places, Annie. It informs so much of how we see the galaxy. That moment was the only good thing to ever happen regarding sand. And here, as he flexed his fingers, he could feel the grit between the servos, adding onto his already out-of-sync feeling, any emotions coming with the annoyance of something stuck in the wrong place. He sighed putting his glove back on. This would require a complete oil soak for the hand later when he had access to the cruiser's repair station. But for now, he'd deal with it. Around him, clones still moved back and forth, some chattering to one another about the most efficient way to mount supplies in the floating dollies, and others remarking on reports of various skirmishes breaking out across the mid-rim. 
Anakin looked back over the horizon, a cluster of shattered homes in the distance. Mill was supposed to have accompanied clones on a local drop-off, but the troopers appeared to be coming back without her. He was about to intercept a group of clones with yellow trim painted across their helmets and shoulders when his emergency comm link beeped, the counterpart to the one he'd given Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, I'm here, he said, grabbing it from his belt. Anakin, Anakin, can't hear me. Semi-loud and semi-clear. Weren't you going to stick to mission parameters? We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. Silence came over the comm, and Anakin didn't know if his joke got stuck somewhere in the digital bits sent across the galaxy, or if Obi-Wan simply dodged the question. But then the comm broadcasted a laugh, a short burst that seemed to be the most his former master could let loose. Outside of parameters, well, I suppose I've learned something from you after all. Listen, I need your help. I'm sending you an upload of scans and data. I have my suspicions about what it means, but I don't have any way to process it. Send it to me, I'll have R2 look at it. No, R2 interfaces with Republic networks. This can't have any official traces. It needs an information broker. Anakin waited for the oncoming clone troopers to pass him by before responding. General, the lead soldier said with a salute without breaking stride. Information broker? Anakin asked, his voice quieter. Is this what you do in your free time? You know, you could watch pod racing with me instead. I won't tell the Jedi Council. The Athia 700 is coming up. Obi-Wan responded without reaction. We need to act quickly. Contact Dexter Jetster on Coruscant in the Coco District. He will send you a secure channel to upload. Tell him it's from me. Wait, doesn't he own the diner? How does that come into play? Dex will take care of it. I need a fast turnaround. I have less than a day to put together my findings. Static popped over the comm link, and with that, Obi-Wan was gone. Something didn't quite add up. And even though Mill was still wandering somewhere among the dilapidated buildings, he owed it to Obi-Wan to get this done as soon as possible. Trooper! Anakin called out. The clone group stopped, all turning around. Is the shuttle ready to go back to the cruiser? Not yet, sir, one of the clones replied, pointing to the transport. We're still unloading supplies. Anakin looked back to the area where Mill had ventured out. I'll need to get back soon. And a secure comm channel. In a private room. Right away, sir. We'll make preparations. The clone responded without question, without any hesitation. As a Padawan, Anakin's requests and commands would have come with the need to double-check with clone commanders or Jedi Knights. But here, there was the obedience of hierarchy. Something that created a direct chain of command. 
What a strange position to be in. Anakin reminded himself of what he told Mill, that the clones were just people trying to do their part. And staying cognizant of that would be necessary given the power of rank. Anything else, sir? Not from you. I just gotta go pick up something I lost. Anakin walked forward, and though Mill's presence usually echoed a low-level anxiety, he didn't get any ripples like that. And that in itself might have meant that Mill had found a focus, an unexpected calm. Strange. I'll be back soon, Anakin said. Understood. The trooper saluted, his posture straightening. Like I said, it was gonna jump to another character. This part jumps back to Anakin, and he is complaining about getting sand in his mechanical hand. And he knows that Padme would be laughing at him about it right now. Then he gets a call from Obi-Wan, which at least we have Obi-Wan in this part, because lately it just keeps skipping the other characters for the whole part. But after a few jokes, Obi-Wan tells him to contact Dex to get some reading scan. I wonder what Dex did after the Empire took over. Did he stop doing the information side hustling thing, or did he just keep on working for the Jedi survivors? Maybe he will be one of the characters we look at when Who's Who comes out next year. Oh, just be on the lookout for Who's Who in Star Wars next year. It's a podcast about the Star Wars characters, but we will talk about that more at a later date. Now, there was one thing missing in this part. Aha, you thought that I was going to say it, didn't you? I really want to. 23 chapters and we haven't had squat. This is starting to get really annoying. I think next season we are going to go back to the Old Republic. I think the Old Republic books are just better than these new books. These new books just, I don't know what's up with these writers. They're just doing weird stuff. Okay, I think I've rambled for long enough. Let's get to the quote for this week. And it comes to us from Stephen Hawkins. However difficult life may seem, there's always something you can do and succeed at it. Let that sink in for a moment. Life is filled with challenges, or how I like to classify them as obstacles of growth. Things that are difficult that we will overcome. These are the life lessons that are crucial in our development. Those difficult things that we have to overcome each teach us about success. Because every time you overcome a difficult situation, you successfully achieve success over that problem. From the time you were a baby till now, you have been in a constant state of learning. You learned how to walk, you learned how to talk, you learned how to read. I hope you learned how to read, I really do. You learned how to do everything that you know how to do. And sometimes it was difficult. You might have gotten a skin tub knee, but it taught you what not to do. And the same thing goes for the obstacles in your life. You might have to tackle them several times, failing the first couple of times. Well, you're really not failing. You are learning what not to do until you figure it out. You have just learned multiple things that you can apply in the future. When you run into that same obstacle again or something similar, you already know what doesn't work and what does. And learning how to achieve success is exactly the same process. You try things until you find something that works for you. And that's that. Try and learn, then try and learn again until you get it figured out. And that's really all you have to do and anybody can do it. Okay, I think that's all I have for today. Join us next week for part 24 of Star Wars Brotherhood. And until then, may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quinn McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>